coach, and I am joined by the one and only Mr. Andrew Hansen. How are you, Mr. Hansen? I'm doing well, coach. I am excited about this two-game slate tomorrow. We've been talking about how it's been Groundhog Day, four yeah. games, basically at the same times every day. It's been terrific, but I really like these two-game slates, and now we get one, so I'm I'm fired up. That's awesome. You know, you know me. I'm gonna grumble and, and grumble because the more games to me, the better. Four's fine, but I even like more than that. But when it's one or two, you know, it's not my favorite slate. So I'll be a little lighter, even though I think there's some great plays. But we'll be leaning on you for the for the big wins here. I know you're okay. Mr. Showdown too. So yeah, uh, we'll we'll get we'll get you going there. But. Uh, yeah, it was it was a wonderful day. I mean, it was uh, Kobe Bryant Day 24. We had our our promotion that we did as well. And uh, quick shout out to our four winners. By the way, we've got uh, one week winner was Carrie Wildcats at Carrie Wildcats on Twitter, and then we had uh, another week winner at JJ420 JJ2002. Just to be a tough one. And our month winners were at Tyler Alonzo and at Alpha Sigma 74. So congratulations to those four winners. I know we already have uh, Tyler Alonzo jumped in Discord this evening. I think the other three will be joining us tomorrow. So uh, it was a fun giveaway. Thank you, everybody, for retweeting and posting and commenting and, and everything else. Uh, you know, we've got uh, a couple of real big giveaways coming right before the launch of football. So that's going to be the next uh, thing on the docket there. But uh, it was it was fun and, and uh, we're really excited to get those four new uh, folks in there or back in there for any of them that had been part of it before. So it's going to be great. Yeah, it's great to have the uh, family expand a little bit. Uh, fun, fun giveaway. And uh, more folks that we can, uh, you know, really work hard to try to build the winning lineups for them. No doubt. Uh, real quickly, yesterday, you know, if you listen to the podcast yesterday, uh, we definitely had some good points. Uh, not that you and I completely played all the points that we put forward, but at least we put them out there. So hopefully right. people listen to some of our hot takes about, you know, very possibly a blowout in this Lakers game. Uh, you know, we stated that Portland sort of looked like they hit the wall and were a little tired and and it was pretty much over. And we were we were right on on the mark there, uh, you know, and then the, the Vukovic take and, and et cetera. So, you and know, then our some, secret squirrel was was Lou yes, Dort. He did and, well. You know, yeah. we talked about how they were going to let him shoot and he went three for nine on three pointers. Yeah. And that's that's what we were looking for. He ended up giving us just over five X. Which you know that's not that's not going to win you a contest, but it can certainly be a key piece of a winning lineup. And for me, it was kind of half and half. You know, the lineups I built where I stacked the Houston OKC game, those went well and cashed. The lineups where I had Jimmy Butler, those did not go well. You know, that was a real uh, uh, that just was not <laughs> that was not ideal. What happened with him? So. No. Um, that, that was rough. So two nights in a row with the Porzingis situation and Jimmy Butler. Uh, so let's turn it around here tomorrow. 
Yeah, I mean, we've, we've been so hot. So, you know, tomorrow we get back in the groove for sure with two really interesting games, too. Uh, you know, we've got Utah-Denver where uh, Denver is surprisingly down 3-1. Everybody thought they were a contender. Uh, so to see how they respond in this game is going to be interesting. And then I don't know if you can have much more drama in this Dallas Lake uh, Clippers game. I mean, it's 2-2. you got the buzzer-beating shot. You've got who's going to play, who's not, who's hurt. I mean, it's just, it's craziness. And it's it's fun, though. I mean, it's, it's definitely a blast. But uh, two games late. Uh, I don't have any injuries per se yet. They're not posted, but uh, definitely catch us on Twitter. Uh, you can just follow us at DFS Coach Talk, or if you want to become a member, DFSCoachTalk.com. Jump in. You'll, you'll be in Discord with us all morning. We're constantly posting information and updates in there, and we're definitely going to need it tomorrow with Porzingis and some of the other situations uh, going on. So we'll review those uh, in the morning. This uh, podcast will be up in the middle of the night like it usually is and so you'll have plenty of time to listen and then the biggest bonus tomorrow andrew which is really weird we don't have an afternoon game i know How bizarre is that it's gonna feel like a midnight tip off even I, though it's only 6 30 eastern i know it is and and actually an afternoon where you know we're going to be able to get some other stuff done right and not just <laughs> have to focus on the games but uh, yeah, I, I I sort of hated. It. I was used to this. I felt like it was the NCAA tournament time where you're just, you know, nonstop eating and sleeping basketball. But uh, yeah, it'll give us plenty of time tomorrow to to see any of the changes and get any of the news. I you had know, a couple of notes, Coach. A sure. Couple, a short list I can I can give you. In the uh, in the first game, Gary Harris has been upgraded to questionable. So okay. there's an actual chance he might be out there with, with the hip issue uh, that could affect the rotation. Uh, and then in the second game, Porzingis is listed as a game-time decision. Uh, and then Pat Beverly is listed as doubtful. All signs seem to point to him missing again. So yeah. we may have some value with Shamit and Reggie Jackson. So those are the, the headliners uh, that, I've, that I've seen. Yeah, and, and like I say, we'll pull that information throughout the day tomorrow. Uh, you know, I was able to share that inside info on Luca two nights ago, and I was very proud of that because I was able to dig in and get the info that he was playing. So I hope that enticed some of our listeners to use him when he, what did he have that game, 82 Point five or something in that? 92.75. Oh, my good God. Yes, that's incredible. So hopefully somebody listened to that. Uh, I don't have any news on Porzingis. Uh, The news news that I got was that there isn't going to be any news on that. So whether it's just literally that touch and go with him or strategically they want to keep that under their hats, regarding the Clippers game plans. I don't know which, you know, which one is valid, but what I can say is there is not any inside skinny on that. Luke is hundred percent, obviously not really, but hundred percent going to play. Uh, but, uh, you know, KP who knows. So I'm still fuming at him for not playing. I, I, I'm a little stunned that a bruised or sore knee can keep you out of a, a playoff game, but, We'll see. We'll see what he's made of in this uh, tomorrow. So, okay. 
All right, uh, real quickly before we jump in, I want to thank our two presenting sponsors, mybookie.ag. It is the number one sports wagering site you can go to for all of your sports wagering and casino action. Go to mybookie.ag or, or dfscoachtalk.com and you uh, will receive a 100% match all the way up to $1,000 uh, on your first deposit by using the promo code COACHTALKNOSPACE. So definitely do that. And you also get a $25 free play just for using that uh, code and being a listener. Also, tvg.com, number one horse racing site on the planet, $300 risk-free bet. You also can sign up by going to dfscoachtalk.com, Click on the banner that says $300 risk-free tvg.com and they will honor that if you lose that first $300 bet, which is a great, great deal and exclusive to DFS Coach Talk. All right, we're diving in. We have two games. We can focus in, as you mentioned, uh, very astutely prior to the podcast. They, the, the prices are tweaked a little bit. Things fall a little differently uh, when you have a one or two game slate like this, so you gotta really dig your heels in and take a look at some of this pricing and see uh, opportunity. You know the money versus minutes thing, like we talked about with Dort yesterday, did come into play. It doesn't always, but it did. Uh, you know, in in this instance, uh, and we want to look for some of those gems in this group. So the first game uh, and the mybookie.ag lines are up. We've got uh, the 6.30 p.m. Eastern game. It's the Utah Jazz, Denver Nuggets. Uh, it is three games to one Utah right now. And Utah is a three-point favorite. So two games in a row that they've been favored. I mentioned that last time, too, because I was surprised because Denver had been favored uh, the first games. And Utah did pull it out. And the over-under in this game is markedly lower than in the, the Mavericks-Clippers game. It's 221. So give us the skinny on the Jazz and Nuggets. Well, the Nuggets have their backs up against the wall. And Murray was tremendous last game. 50 actual points. Yeah. He took, took 31 shots. He played 43 minutes. And I think they're going to need that same sort of performance from him to to win this game. Uh, I just don't know if I can fade him. You know, he's a much better price than Donovan Mitchell. He's seventeen hundred dollars less than Mitchell yeah, that's on DraftKings. Yeah, and one of the quotes I read was from Paul Millsap talking about how they feel like they have a plan to deal with the pick and roll game finally of mm. Utah. So. They obviously are going to sh shift their strategy with Mitchell, which just makes me feel even a, a little bit better about playing Jamal Murray and having yeah. him locked in there. Because you can you can put Murray out there with Luca in the second game and and go from there. So I think that's going to be my primary build. Uh, the other question is, do you pair him up with Jokic, the center? Let position me make one quick comment sure. because I. The, the despair, disparity in, in pricing is incredible here. Yeah. On, on DraftKings, it, I mean, it's completely a no-brainer with, right. with that huge difference. I mean, 1700 You know what it is on FanDuel? It's only seven. 700 So there's a $1,000 gap there. 
right. uh, which is enormous in, in a, on a slate like this. So, you know, based on that savings on DraftKings, it, it makes Murray very, very tough to fade, even if you use him as a blocker, because I think he's going to be ridiculously owned for sure. Right. Right. So I just want to throw that in there. No, it's a great point. Uh, this really can change a lot on each site, especially with the position restrictions on FanDuel. I mean, yeah. you know, you look at the 150 max entry contest over there. I don't know how you could possibly make 150 lineups that you thought had even the biggest long shot of winning because, you know, power forward is a mess. There's a huge mm -hmm. gap between the expensive and the cheap. Center is is pretty sparse. So there just aren't that many combinations. Uh, right. I just think it's it's very interesting. You know, DraftKings, it's so much easier to build multiple lineups and shift guys around and do different combinations. So um, anyway, just wanted to make that point. But the question yep. for, for me with Denver is, do you add Jokic? You know, he is pretty expensive. There aren't that many expensive guys here. You know, he's really in that same uh, same price range as Kawhi Leonard. So mm -hmm. it's a little bit tough to, to pick Jokic over Kawhi on DraftKings. There's only a $600 difference. So yeah. that's And a, that's it's a $1,200 difference on FanDuel. So just again, you know, you're going to be playing two completely different contests. You're not going to be able to, to, you know, use the same guys on both sites because of the pricing. Right. Uh, two other guys I want to mention for Denver, Millsap, who you were on this last game. He went 16.7 rebounds, four assists, Yeah, uh, his best game in a while. And it really, That was a big help to, yeah, to cash, for sure. That was. No doubt. Now, he's 5,000 on both sites, so he's right in that mid-tier. And as we were talking about before the podcast, I think that these two-game slates often come down to the guys in the low 4K sometimes around 5K range. You know, on a much bigger slate, no on, especially on DraftKings, you need guys who are, you know, the 3K, really cheap guys who go off, they're in a great spot. That's the key value play on a big slate. On a two-game slate, I find that these 4K and sometimes 5K guys are the real difference makers. You know, I gave you that example of a guy like J.J. Redick who – it's just kind of a boring guy. You know, you look at him as a 25 fantasy point guy, and then all of a sudden he gets 33 to 35, and you have a couple guys like that, and that's what gives you the winning lineup. And no so doubt. I'm really looking at all the guys in that price range, and there's a, several of them in this game. There's Millsap. Jeremy Grant is 4.7. Royce yeah. O'Neal is 4.5. Clarkson is 5.2. And then Ingles is 5.1. That's the guy who I, I would be least comfortable playing. He only took four shots in the last game playing 35 minutes. That's incredible. I mean, a guy who, you know, with, when Conley was out, he was really running the show. Yeah. And his usage basically went down to zero. You know, it just went off a cliff. It's but incredible. That's yeah. the, the key theme for me is, is evaluating those guys in that price range. Um, and then again, you know, site dependent for, for this, for game one with Mitchell, I, I probably won't play him on DraftKings cause he's 9.7. What do you, what are your thoughts on him on, on DraftKings? Yeah. I mean, I, I'm probably going to play him 
uh, just on FanDuel just yeah. because of the pricing. And you've got to imagine some regression. I mean, you know, you, you look at the fact that it's the first time in NBA history two guys on in the same game scored over 50 in a playoff yeah. game. That's pretty astounding when you think about Chamberlain versus Russell and Jabbar and all these guys out there rolling. So very, uh, very hard to believe. But I, I want to hit on a point, and it's sort of the theme for this podcast today. And since we have two games, we can spend a few minutes on it. But I'm I'm exactly with you. You know, we've seen enough games with the eight play-ins and now the playoffs that we see patterns developing. And this was a new, unique situation that nobody could evaluate, no optimizers could crunch because it's never happened before. There's never not been travel days. There's never not not been a home court advantage, et cetera, et cetera. So you're looking at a brand new piece of information. And what I have determined today after really looking at this and examining results, because you have to step back and look at results to plan to go forward when you have enough sample size. And I think we're just to that point now where we have enough sample size. So what I'm seeing from when we're crushing it, which we've we've done very, very well, but when we've been in those top 1% kind of lineups thus far, we've been able to take a couple of the big time stars that do end up performing to the way they're supposed to perform, and then building with those lower mid-level guys that you just referred to. And I'm going to give you a sample of that because this is how this is how I think you, you take down slates right now in this new world of NBA bubble. Summer is here and sports are finally back, which can only mean one thing. It's time to get back relax and make some cash everyone has to start somewhere which is why you want to get off on the right foot by choosing an established book like mybookie.ag with all the major sports seasons just around the corner there's never been a better time to get in on the action dynamic betting lines and a simple to use platform make the process easier than it's ever been create your account in just a few easy steps deposit and begin placing your bets sign up now using promo code coach talk to get your deposit matched 100% all the way up to $1,000, plus an extra $25 free play. That's promo code COACHTALK. Use it to score yourself an extra piece of the pie. With my bookie, you bet, you win, and most importantly, when you win, you get paid. If you go paid. to Fantasy Draft, or I'm sorry, uh, FanDuel, and you just look at prices from 5300 down to uh, 4,400, 4, okay? So I'm going to read, this is no skipping around, this is right down the list. And the guys I'm going to say, it's a perfect example of, if you roster two or three of these guys on the right day in this price range to fit in with your big stars, you're going to take it down. Because as I say, each one of these, you've referred to some of them already, they're all guys that can score 35, 40 fantasy points. As we had the big takedown uh, in Utah's second game in the playoffs when Royce O'Neal had 37.5, you stack a few of those guys together like I did with Millsap this la that last time, and, and you got the, the combination that's going to work for you. So I'm going to go down this line because it's really pretty amazing. 
So this is, again, this is a $700 group. That's it. They're all right there, 53 to 46. So Marcus Morris, 5,300. Doreen Finney-Smith, 52. Jordan Clarkson, 51. Paul Millsap, 5. Joe Ingles, 49. Maxi Kleba, 49. Jeremy Grant, 48. Seth Curry, 48. Montrez Harrell, 48. Royce O'Neal, 46. Even Zubac, 46, and Trey Burke, 44. Now, those are all guys we've been playing and everybody's rostering, but that's that's the meat and the point I wanted to make tonight was, you know, go ahead, let's strategize and figure out, are we playing Luke, are we playing Kawhi, are we playing the Joker, are we playing Mitchell? Figure out those couple of guys that are going to be the keys, and then instead of trying to dumpster dive, like, you know, we've done sometimes, been able to do in the past, and put some $3,500 guys that are going to, you know, your hope are going to get in or, you know, that kind of thing. Instead of going with the, the second flight guy after your two studs, like a Rudy Gobert for 76 or a Paul George for 75, go down to that group of, of 10 people I just mentioned, because that's where you're going to be able to build and supplement those big those uh, two big guys that you uh, roster. So I just wanted to share that because that was the conclusion that I came up with and it just solidified the thinking that I've had. I think that both of us have had that have had a good success for our, our DFS coach talk team, but statistically it's proving out now in results and, and being able to see how that goes. So I'm going to continue with that pattern now because there's enough sample size. I think this, this format of building can really uh, pay off for you. Yeah, it can. And I'm just smiling because uh, just shifting a couple things over on the FanDuel lineup as we as we discussed those guys in that price range, I've got looks like four of them in my lineup right now. And uh, just looking again at Utah one last time here with this talk about a new defensive approach, you got to figure they're going to try to get the ball out of Mitchell's hands more. I mean, 51 points, he got 18 free throws. He was just unstoppable, and they've got to come up with a different plan to stay in this series. So if they are successful, what's going to happen? You know, the usage is going to go back to Conley and Clarkson. And so those guys are a lot cheaper, and I'm, I'm going to build some lineups where I put both of those guys together, uh, at least one of them, some with both of them, and, and fade Mitchell and, you know, see if it works out. You know, I the re, do you know why I think Utah's up three to one in this series? I, and I don't think it. I know it. Why? I think that Mike Malone has gotten his pants coached off of him by Quinn Snyder. Quinn Snyder has coached the daylights out of him. He's strategically used pick and roll plays, ISOs, and he's completely try. Uh, forced Malone to adjust, and he hasn't adjusted. You know, how can you let Donovan Mitchell single-handedly beat you and not run a blitz at him or a double or make him give up the ball uh, before that screen takes place? It makes no sense to me. I mean, I think they'll do some of those things in this game, and it could change the results, but that's been the difference in this series. I mean, Make somebody else, make Joe Ingles or Royce O'Neal or the guys that are on the floor then in crunch time, make them beat you. Make Mitchell give the ball up. 
So, you know, that I think has been a, a real big error on his part. And part of the reason why I'm thinking of, of fading Mitchell is I think they have to adjust to that. How can you lose a series four to one and let a dude drop 50 on you three times in a row? Literally. Yep. Not, you know, we're talking real numbers. So I think you're going to see some adjustment there. And I do think some of those ancillary jazz guys are going to have to step up. And it could be Clarkson. You know, it could be Ingles. It could be any of those guys, uh, you know, to adjust to it. And as far as Denver goes, I like the Denver side. I like stacking two or three of them because, you know, we've said this multiple times, but it needs to be said every time there's an elimination game. When it's all hands on deck, it's all hands on deck. You lose, you go home. You're out of the bubble. It's over. So whatever minutes it takes, you know, whatever you're feeling, you got to get in there and play it. So I think that, that you know, you can definitely key some of the, the main Denver guys that are going to play additional minutes, including uh, uh, the big boy and, uh, and Murray. You know, those guys you, you got to look at. You know, that Jokic is definitely in play for me. Um, you know, I like this game, even though it's a much lower number than the other game. And I think it's going to be hard fought. I think Denver finds a way to to grind this out right down to the end. And I, I think Denver's going to win this game personally. Yep, I do too. All right, let's go to game two. It is, oh, this is an interesting matchup. The Dallas Mavericks and L.A. Clippers. <laughs> <laughs> it's a 9 p.m. game, and they have the Clippers minus six and a half. The over-under, again, 235 and a half. So we're talking... 14 and a half points higher than the other one. So this game is definitely going to get stacked. Everybody's going to be looking. Uh, I don't know if you can chase numbers more than you could if you start Luca again, but here's the bottom line for me. And I said this with hard one Westbrook's out, but it's even more so here without Porzingis. I, I mean, is, is it humanly possible to not play Luca if Porzingis doesn't play? Only if you're hoping for him to get hobbled again and not feel 100% and, you know, want to just have a perfect combination of guys between six and 8,000 that all smash it, um, you know, because that, that happens. You know, you can have one or two studs go off, but do the other guys match it, the four to 5K guys? and. Yeah. You know, even if they do go off, that doesn't mean you're going to win. You know, there could be a better build, a, a mid mid tier balanced build. Obviously, that happens more on the bigger slates. It's it's tougher to do here on a two game slate. But you know, Luca gets 65 fantasy points. That doesn't necessarily mean he's in the winning lineup, but it's it is very very likely. And on and a, that's on almost a, a 30 slate. point regression from the last game. Right. So what does that tell you? I mean, I'm with you now. Let's just say we go through the day tomorrow. And again, you can follow us on Twitter and in discord with the news. Let's say Porzingis is going to give it a roll. Does that change your perspective? No, I'm going to play Luca. Yeah. On on the two game slate, uh, like you said, he'd have to regress 30 fantasy points and he probably will. Um, He won't have, you know, like career game back-to-back necessarily, but um, I, I sort of like Murray. I just would find it very hard to fade him on this two-game slate, whether Porzingis is playing or not. Yeah, and again, you know, that's why I hate one- and two-game slates, because you're forced to play people. 
I mean, again, I, I'll, you know, if, if some of our listeners don't know what it means to be a blocker, you know, I mean, you got to play Luca as a blocker here. And what that means is generally 90 to 95% of the people you're going to be banging heads with in some of these contests are going to use them. So if you fade them, you really don't have anything to gain because, you know, he's he's going to do decent, of course. The you know, only way you, you, you know, just in a blue moon is, like you said, if he something happens with his ankle again or something of that nature. But you can't anticipate anything like that. Right. So, you know, this way, let's say he does have a big regression and does get only 50 fantasy points. Well, you know what? That's fine. The guy you're going against in a head-to-head or in a, a single entry, et cetera, is going to have him in there too. So that's what right. I mean by a blocker is it doesn't really hurt you either way. It neutralizes the field. And that's, again, that's why I don't like small one or two game slates. But, you know, in that sense, Murray, like you mentioned, Luca, you just you just plug them in and then you win it. You know, so it's almost to me like playing a contest where you're only rostering three or four guys that are going to make the difference. Everybody else yeah. is going to have the same people. So that's my point there. Right. So looking at the rest of the Dallas lineup after Luca, um, the one guy I wanted to talk to you about is Dorian Finney-Smith. He's the guy that's just sort of – you just overlook him on most slates. Yeah. But on a two-game slate, he becomes much more important – the last two games, he's had 27 and 28 fantasy points. Again, not that noteworthy, but that's at 4.8, that's better than a 5x return. And would anybody be surprised if that was 33 to 35 fantasy points tomorrow? You know, he hits one or two more threes. And then all of a sudden, you're like, wow, I wish I had him. He, he was the key to the winning lineup. So do you think it's possible that you know, he gets a couple more threes and, and he's one of these guys that really pays off for us? I, I, there's a couple of a couple of things there. I mean, the one good thing about rostering Dorian Finney-Smith is he's going to get a lot of minutes. I mean, Carlisle depends on him as the best perimeter defender on the team, so he's going to get a lot of minutes. The problem is he, you know, really 27-28 is, is sort of his ceiling at this time because he's not taking a ton of shots. You know, he's going to get some putbacks and, and a few things like that. And, you know, he will get a few corner jumpers when Luca penetrates. But, you know, I don't think you're going to get a – I don't think he's got a 35 to 40 fantasy point game in him. He's just more of a defensive player. Uh, but, you know, it's a risk. It's that group of 10 players I read off. I mean, he could have 28, 27 and be, you know, a good fill-in at that price or – he could do, which a lot of these guys do with this number, put up an 18 or a 17 and a half, and then you're chasing points the whole time. So yeah. I get it, but he is one of those guys on the fence with Dorian Finney-Smith. You know, if Porzingis plays, I definitely don't use him because his usage goes down even substantially more. But if Porzingis is out, like I think he probably will be, then I think he is possibly in play. But you got to remember that the shots are going to the big three that are the unsung heroes for the Mavericks right now, and that's Trey Burke, uh, Hardaway Jr., and Seth Curry. Those three guys have been money. They've been hitting threes, big shots, fourth-quarter shots, 
And those three all need considered. But here's the problem. It's great if you're a Mavs fan or you're coaching the Mavs, can you can you can count on all those guys. But in DFS, it's a nightmare because any of those three guys could have six threes, 20 real points, you know, 30, 30 to 35 fantasy points. But any of the three of them could have 12 or 14 fantasy points. So, you know, that's where you got to dig in. And and that's where you got to look at where you want to go. Now, you know me well enough by now, when I see players that are playing the same role or position for a team and they're splitting up that usage, I run from it because I don't want to roll the dice. I'll go play craps if I want to roll the dice. And if you, nobody can sit here right now and tell me of those three guys who's going to go off tomorrow. Now, they all, there's all the possibilities, but the one thing I do know is they're all three going to get minutes. They're all three going to take shots, and they're all three going to use some of that usage for the two, three guard position where they're going to be shooting the ball. So I'm going to steer from that. And, and that's, you know, that's just my theory. Now, if you want, you know, if you want to go with one of them because you got a feel or a hunch, then that's exactly what it is. But if you really want to, you know, crunch it on statistical analysis, there's definitely a split of usage in that position for the Mavericks in a game with the Clippers that are a pretty damn good perimeter defense team, even though the Mavs have been just smashing it lately. Yeah. I mean, I understand your point, especially with your cash game perspective of with those three guys, it's hard to predict and you're, you're just not feeling very good about your cash lineup. If you put one of them in there, cause you're just not really that confident that it's going to be that guy. But the thing with all three of them was last game they played over 30 minutes. Curry had 31, and Hardaway and Burke were up above 35 minutes. Uh, and you mentioned they're going to get their minutes. But um, I think one of them likely will go off, and you will need that guy in your lineup. So I think you need to take a shot on it in a GPP. And if you pick him, then you have a chance to win. Um, the thing I like about Burke is – that he got that big jump in minutes and he penetrates a lot. And so don't you just feel a little bit better about him than, you know, Curry, who's a little bit more of a jump shooter. Uh, Hardaway, you know, he's got the size. He's a different, different player, but that's the one thing about Burke that I, I feel, you know, he's a little bit more of a cash play if he's going to get those minutes, because it's not only about the jump shot with him. Yeah, I mean, I I have to, you know, uh, disagree. Uh, just in the sense that, for, as a cash play, I, I just I'm going to reiterate the same point. I don't feel comfortable saying that about any of those three guys because Hardaway, you know, can be a leader at times and take a lot of shots. Curry's been shooting the ball very well, and you know, regardless of the fact that it's outside shots, I mean, he's a Curry, so. He's right. knocking shots down. And then Burke, again, you know, I get it. He's doing that. But it's just, to me, I don't see how you can statistically state any of those are a better play than the other. So for me, I'm going to pass all three of them in cash. I'll probably use a combination of two of them in a GPP, though. So that's the different thinking. I want secure minutes from guys where I feel like unless something goes haywire with injury or 
fouls or something like that, that I can really anticipate they're going to get a 30 to 35 minute run with their normal usage as part of what's going on in the flow of things like a Murray or like a Jokic or Luka, or I know those guys are expensive, but on the lesser side, you know, maybe a Royce O'Neal. I got to look more at the game plan there or someone that, you know, who's Royce sharing minutes with that Mr. Niang fella, but he's not going to ever play more minutes than Royce or play down the stretch. Whereas with the Mavericks, they've used a combination of one or two or three of those three guys that we mentioned down the stretch. So there's no guarantees there. But again, that's a cash play perspective. That's not a perspective that's going to take down a big GPP for you. But that's the distinction that you have to make. You know, play one lineup in cash. You know, I'm going to, again, be fading those three guys in a in a situation where I'm playing somebody head to head for 270 bucks, and I need to have my solidified cash play guys in there that I know are going to get minutes. You know, they have to perform, but they're going to be in there with the opportunity as opposed to me trying to grab Tim Hardaway Jr. on the day that he hits 10 threes and take down GPP. Does that make gotcha. sense? Yeah, yeah, it certainly does. Um, how about the bigs for Dallas? Kleba, Boban, if if you know uh, what Kleba shooting from three, you're never what? gonna. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna get have you give us a guess. This is a true stat. What is what percentage is Maxi Kleba shooting from three in this series? Oh gosh, I don't know. Twenty three. Six point seven. Ouch. He's made one three. That's it. He makes Paul George look like Larry Bird. Isn't that an incredible stat? <laughs> That's so low. there you go. So That's not you true. know how you take Maxi in in that kind of slump. I don't care if Porzingis plays or not. Until I see Maxi turn the corner, I, he's not going to make my lineup. Okay. Now Boban, you know they're they're rotating him in to match up against Harold a lot. And he's getting some run, and we know he's a, a monster points per minute guy. I think he, to me, is more playable in a Kleba. Okay. Well, I certainly trust the upside of Boban much, much more. I think he's a much better player. So uh, I'm not well, going to argue. Max is a good defender, though. Max yeah. can defend. He yeah. can go out and guard guys away from the basket as a big man. So he's a very important part of that team, Sure, but not, not as a DFS player. Right, right. All right, well, on the Clippers side, uh, I mentioned that Pat Beverly is doubtful, so there is some value with those guards. Shamit and Reggie Jackson are both playable for me. Uh, Reggie Jackson picked it up last game with 26 fantasy points. Yeah. He crushed value. Uh, You know, when he's coming off the bench, he's got more of an opportunity to score. But then we know about that bench with the Clippers. We've got Lou Williams who had a monster game last time out. Uh, Her- he's terrified. Every time he touches the ball, as a Mavs fan, I wince. Like, oh, oh he's, he's going to score. It's much <laughs> he's more unbelievable. Fun to, it's much for, more fun to roster him and root for him because he's so crafty, and yeah. he always gets it done, especially in the fourth quarter. He's a Incredible. terrific closer. So, yeah. uh, you know, he's certainly in play, a little bit pricey. Um, Harrell... I really, I mean, I, I feel like he's got to break out here one of these times, but uh, I don't know if I'll get to him on this slate. 
know, I, I feel a little bit better about Boban. If he's going to get 16 minutes, you know, Harrell was really only in that 18 to 20 minute range himself. Um, and it's not, not easy for Harrell to go into the paint and deal with Boban. So, uh, you know, probably won't go to Harrell. And then back to the starters again, Kawhi certainly in play. Paul George, you know, slumping. Uh, I don't know if I'll go there. Uh, you know, Jamal Murray, the same price, basically. Uh, to me, it's Murray. Yeah, I mean, you. it's hard, man, because you've got a lot of split positions here. You know, again, as just having two games, that's why I'm not thrilled about this slate. I mean, Harrell and Zubach are going to split minutes. You know how much I hate that. Yeah. Boban, I mean, how, I, I just can't, you know, play a cash game and hope the guy's going to get 15 stinking minutes. I mean, it's yeah. ridiculous. So I, I know he can score in that period of time, and maybe he does get 20 or 22, but, you know, he could get eight. You know, you just don't know. So it, it's too risky for me there. And then same exact thing with the Clippers point guard position. I could, I guarantee you we'll look at the stat line afterwards, and Jackson and Shamit are going to each play this like 20 minutes each. I mean, it, it's just going to – it's that simple. The, the way, you know, these coaches are, are managing the rotations now. So it, the key factor is finding the guys, to me, that you can roster that aren't the stars that are going to get consistent minutes. Uh, maybe a Marcus Morris falls in that category because they like to rotate him. Yep. Uh, I think you're going to see a little more of Kawhi on uh, Luka in this game. I think, you know, when it came – Push came to shove in that last game. It was like, screw this. You know, he just pointed, I got him. I mean, he made that call himself. Kawhi was picking him up. And uh, for some reason, he switched on that inbounds play at the end and let Reggie take him, which is the craziest thing I've ever seen. When I saw that switch, I yelled at Doss. I said, he is going to make this because they he, he switched the pick. It yeah. could have just fought over it, and, uh, and he did. But... Uh, yeah, that that's the other part that scares me about Luca here. Uh, again, you know, two games slate, you got to take him as a blocker. But if Kawhi is going to say, "Screw this, it's two two, we're not losing this game," and I'm sticking on Luca like a glove, that is going to cause some trouble for Luca. I mean, Kawhi is possibly the best defender in the entire league, if not the best, uh, and so. That's a little bit of a concern. So we got to see that matchup from the beginning. But I'm telling you, I think that's coming, and uh, I'm not thrilled about it. So, you know, I, I think you can look at some of these guys, but you know, again, GPP wise, you're going to have to just be picking on the right guys that are going to, you know, get hot and play a stretch of minutes. But uh, I don't know how you you roster George, even though his price continues to go down because he's been playing so bad. But man. Is he in a funk? You know, I mean, he's shooting in the low 20s, which, you know, like you said, it makes him look like uh, Steph Curry compared to the way Kleeb is shooting it. But, right. uh, yeah, it's it's hard to take him at that price. But you do know one of these games he's yeah. going to go ballistic and, right. you know, have about 65 fantasy points. And everybody's going to be saying, you know, why didn't I dial him up here? But, uh, you know. Certainly, I, I'm not 100% opposed to giving the dude a shot because I know he's on a terrible run, but he's such a great player. Yep. You know that if he sees a couple of those go in in a row, then it's just going to instantly change. So, Plus, you know, he, can get you a, he can get you a steal and a block, you know, a steal 
and all of a sudden he takes it to the house for five fantasy points, and you know those can pile up quickly. And in a in a two two series, that dude's playing thirty eight minutes in this game. I'm telling you right now. So, yeah, I have no problem going there. But okay. uh, yeah, it's. I mean, I think it's an intriguing game. The matchups are going to be very very interesting, and everything is going to rotate and shift and change if Porzingis does play. Then right. you've got everything shifts. So. You know, that's a big piece of information that we need. But I'll tell you, if we go into that last 30 minutes and he's still a game time decision, I'll be damned if I'm rostering him. I am not taking that news coming in six and a half minutes after lock that the dude's not playing. Right. Just, we don't need that. Oh, oh, I'll just I'll test it out in warm ups and then we'll decide. Well, great. You know, that's that's not very helpful for us. So, yeah, it's, it would only be GPP at that point. Uh, and you know, not you know, not in your main lineup, really. I mean, you just can't trust it. No, and and you know, I would assume if he plays, he's probably going to play a decent allotment of minutes. Uh, but you know, we just have to see. We got to watch that news closely. Yeah. Everybody's going to be you know, circling around that info. It's not going to be a surprise like it was in this last game. So we'll we'll know something. All right, looking forward to it. Anything else in this one? That does it for me. Yeah. And, to, you know, today was almost, for me anyway, I know you had some awesome takes, but for me it was more of a strategical talk day as opposed to just pointing guys out because I was able to take some extra time this morning and look at that sample size statistically. And some people say you're crazy. That's not enough games. You're, you're looking at 11 games each or whatever. They've played 12 games each. But, it, you know, it is sort of a sample size enough to me at this point because we're not dealing out, you know, you're, you're not going to get, you know, man coming in there for the Clippers playing in, you know, there's just everybody's playing their main guys. And, you know, you've seen the rotation and the coaches and, how they're reacting and people throughout this bubble and into the playoffs. So we can start taking advantage of those, you know, and, and play those. I'll tell you the key too, is if the game doesn't blow out and you have rostered the guys that are going to close that last five or six minutes, and then also play in overtime, if it goes overtime, because usually they stay with that same flow, that's a difference maker. I mean, that's when there's a lot of points to be had, a lot of foul shots to be made and, uh, you know, that makes a big difference. So, you know, the, the, the confidence that the coaches are showing in players to finish games is a real big indicator for, you know, a positive DFS rostering, in my opinion. Absolutely. All right, man. YouTube, DFS Coach Talk. If you're watching us on that now, please click the thumbs up, the subscribe, and the little alarm button. That is extremely important to us as we try to move up the ratings there in the algorithm on YouTube, Instagram, DFS underscore Coach Talk, uh, Twitter. I'm at Joe Sarvati, uh, J O E S A R V A D I. He is at Language Olympic. Shane is at D E T Sports Shane. Uh, follow us in our basketball takes. Um, it will be Andrew and I, obviously, today with putting the lineups out tomorrow. <clears throat> Excuse me. And then Shane and I have tomorrow putting them out for the next day. So follow all three of us there. Jump in Discord. Uh, we'd love to have you join us for this playoff run. We did announce and post today 
for those of you that are big football guys that have been listening through this and then want to join for football, we do have a fall special that runs from September 1st to December 31st, and that's only uh, $199 for the whole entire time, and you don't just get football. When you join DFS Coach Talk, you get every single thing that we have, the four main sports that we do, lineups, content, extra pods, one-on-ones, everything that we do in there uh, is is yours. So we would love to have you join us. Uh, we want to thank our presenting sponsors, mybookie.ag and tvg.com. Also on Kobe Day 824 here, certainly remind you of our charity of choice, which is mambaon3.org. That's M-A-M-B-A-O-N-T-H-R-E-E.org. All right, my man, I think that is it. I am ready to hit the sheets here in uh, late, late night, early morning, whatever you want to call it, and just get fired up for this Mavericks game tomorrow. Uh, I hope it's as exciting as the last one. Yes, absolutely. That would be tremendous. Terrific. Any final words? Thanks a lot for joining us. And uh, if you join us as a member, then tomorrow at 6 p.m. Eastern, what you'll get is the FanDuel cash lineup, the GPP lineup, and the coach's clipboard on DraftKings. And don't forget Fantasy Draft. I'm also providing that hybrid, and we've been smacking it too. So we got all three of them that we're helping you out with. So fantastic. Thank you, Andrew. Uh, Great job, and we're excited for tomorrow. And then you can join tomorrow. Uh, Shane and I will be on here uh, bantering about uh, however many games on that next slate. We have to check and see. Uh, Not a whole lot of series have closed out, so we may have uh, multiple games uh, tomorrow. So, all right. Thank you very much. Uh, We hope all of you enjoyed Kobe Bryant Day. And and, uh, rest in peace, uh, Kobe and and Gigi. They'll always be uh, in our thoughts and prayers and mind. And uh, we appreciate you all joining us this evening. And uh, we'll look forward to uh, tomorrow and getting Shane on here to spin spin the hits with us. Uh, that's inside joke. Uh, we with Shane is a, a side rapper, I think, uh, in there. <laughs> Eight Mile, he's in Detroit. So you know how that goes. But, uh, but we're excited to catch you again tomorrow, too. So enjoy it. Hope you got a lot out of this. And, again, st- strategy starts coming into play. Big time now, not just uh, looking at stats, but really looking uh, at the game behind the game. So thank you for joining us, and we look uh, really look forward to catching you again tomorrow when we're going to crush it in DFS.